1: This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That code again, CHGO, when you sign up at PointsBet. Hello, everyone. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. And we are coming to you on Wednesday, April 20th. The Cubs drop the series with the Tampa Bay Rays, a rain-induced loss tonight, Brendan, but it was not looking good. I like to believe in the comeback Cubs. They've shown a lot of, of fight, uh, yes. but this not one tonight. was probably getting away from them.
2: Now, speaking of looking good, let's see that shirt. Come on. I mean, you're bearing the leaf. Look at that shirt, Corey. Hey, Chicago, oh what God. do you say Uh i love it that's an yeah. obvious shirt right it is an obvious shirt Yes. all right good for you well you know at least say it's still looking good you know they dropped the his, series but a hitless game the world <sighs> is ending Brendan. what are we going to do well it doesn't really count because the game didn't really finish so right. just say it doesn't count just throw it away
1: right but he did walk so he is still getting on base continuing yeah. his on base streak yeah. but Uh, We are going to break down these three games as usual. There was a lot of good stuff going on. There was some bad stuff. We'll talk about it all. And we are hoping to be joined by uh, Ryan Herrera live from beautiful, historic Wrigley Field. He is, of course, the beat writer for CHGO and the Cubs. And he is talking to David Ross and the players as we speak. So hoping to get some clubhouse insights from him at some point, he will join us when he is available. But generally, Brendan, before we just do like a quick you know, run-through of, of what happened in these games, it's an interesting place to be, I think, that coming into this season, the expectations were pretty measured for a lot of people, pretty low for this team. And yet I think a lot of us found ourselves feeling like they should have won this series with a Tampa team that has been really good for the last several yeah. years.
2: Yeah, well, the the plate approaches still look really good. Of course, that's being led by Seiya and the on-base percentage and the contact rate and everything. But you saw Ross be aggressive. We'll get into it, but be aggressive with some of his pinch hit choices. And overall, like they they hung in there. And um, I know the start by Strowman wasn't the best tonight. Weather conditions are brutal, but you still saw a lot of the same features that were appealing in the first couple series by the Cubs persist over against a really good quality team here.
1: Yeah, so once again, I think you're going to be tasked with uh, talking people down about uh, you know some. It's shorter- two starts.
2: It's two starts.
1: Yeah, and 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 Kyle Hendricks looked better, but you know only yeah. four and a third there. So uh, yeah, your your duty at this point seems to be telling people to relax about the. Which is dangerous
2: because usually it's the other way around. So like I don't know why I'm the one telling people to relax. So I can't even do that for myself. But you know what? Okay, I'll try.
1: It's a new year. We're part a of a meaning. new, you know, CHGO, know. new brand. I know. Optimism, freshness, right? It's unfamiliar for me, Corey, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> yes. Uh well, anyway, let let's do a quick, you know, reminder of what happened in these three games as always just like to set the table. I will keep it brief. On Monday, it was a four to two win. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, four and a third, five hits, two earned, two walks, and six strikeouts. So a better start from Kyle, albeit a shorter one, 90 pitches in that one. Another really strong uh, piggyback from Keegan Thompson, who is you know quickly, at least in the early going here, becoming one of the most important pitchers on this Cub staff. Three and two thirds, just one hit, one walk, and five strikeouts for Keegan Thompson, picking oh, yeah. up his second win of the year david robertson a really nice inning for his fourth save so that has also been a really nice start to the season for robertson and this one is one on homers from uh you know your your new brizzo right wisdom and Schwindel both homering in this one so there you go On Tuesday, it was a 6-5 to loss. Justin Steele with a short outing, just two and two-thirds, three hits, four earned runs, three walks, and one strikeout. So obviously not a great outing from Justin Steele. Picks up his first loss of the year. Uh, Patrick Wisdom also homering in this one in a situation that we will talk about and hopefully can ask Ryan about. Uh, Pinch hits for Jason Hayward in the fourth inning. And hits a home run. There's a lot to kind of dissect there. A lot of it good uh, from David Ross. The Cubs looked like they were going to fight in this one. Trailed by a few runs uh, multiple times. Kind of crept their way back, but they couldn't get it done in the ninth. It was a 6-5 to five loss. And then on Wednesday, again, this one called aft in the bottom of the sixth. The Rays winning this one 8-2 to two to take the series. Marcus Stroman, uh, just not a good outing. Brendan will break that down in excruciating detail, I'm sure, uh, four and a third, eight hits, eight runs, seven of them earned, two walks, seven strikeouts, though, uh, and a really nice defensive play on the mound. But obviously that is not enough to get it done in this one. Uh, the Cubs scoring their runs on Wednesday, a Schwindel double and a Nick Madrigal ground out. So that is the, the story of the series here. And, uh, yeah, Brendan, like this is one of those series where I, I think – losing two or three to this Tampa team coming off a, another hundred win season. Like they, they put together a really good team without spending a ton of money every year, it seems. Uh, but you, this felt like a winnable series for the Cubs. Like you, you really felt like they could have taken two out of three here.
2: You do. Now, does your expectations or have your expectations changed a little bit since the season started not to put words in your mouth, but when we talk, you sound a little pessimistic, but seeing, the lineup scenes don't give me that but seeing but seeing some of the decisions being made has it changed your thinking process i mean i think like taking a step back we we all have realistic expectations which is 75 to 80 wins if you're lucky maybe 82 plus you kind of uh, sneak into a playoff spot but just given what you've seen for the first you know 12 games here does it change your thinking
1: yeah. I mean, look, like I, you know, I think you take things on a nightly basis and like Tuesday was a good example where they showed a lot of fight. And and that's one of the, the keys. Again, you know, tonight, the loss, they didn't get a chance to try the comeback, if you will. Um, but you, you felt like they're in all of these games, you know, and <laughs> yeah. you feel like they have a chance, especially like with the amount of contact they're making, the way they're getting on base. Um, so yeah, like I think coming into the season, if you had told me they lost two or three to the Rays at Wrigley, I would have been like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, Uh, watching this series though. I'm, yeah, I'm a little disappointed. I felt like they could have won this series.
2: Yeah. So we have a comment from the dash law telling you, Corey stop being such a pessimist right yes yes ever the pessimist yeah I'm gonna screenshot this like I you think I've, know-
1: I, I think I've predicted this team to win 110 games every spring training <laughs> yeah. except for this one uh, so one you one year to forgive me yeah for one but uh, I do also that you know we might as well before we get into some of the specifics that happen in this series we might as well get to uh, a comment that Nick G had in in the YouTube comments here if you're if you're watching us on Twitter come on over to YouTube hit that thumbs up button. It helps us out over at CHGO Sports. Um, Yeah, the Cubs making a trade. Jesse Chavez is out. His reunion with the Cubs was a very quick one. Uh, And the Cubs getting former first-round pick Sean Newcomb, left-hander from the Atlanta Braves. He was recently DFA'd. And if you guys have listened to Brendan and I for any amount of time, and you know Brendan at all, I got a dude, I love this text message <laughs> within 30 seconds of this deal oh, yeah. going down. Nobody loves a DFA'd, you know, starter mm. with bad numbers more than Brendan Miller, because he's like, uh, you, you found something to be intrigued by. Well, it I gives me extent. something to do. Like, I don't really like watching
2: good players because they're just boring. They're just too good. Uh, so when I get these players that kind of have some issues, it makes it, it makes it more interesting, but Yeah, thanks for that face. But we can just rip into it. Like, Newcomb's numbers suck. His walk rate last year was really bad. Um, He was walking guys this year. You know, this is a walk rate around seven guys per nine innings. But he does have interesting underlying pitch peripherals. And you know this is what the Cubs do this is what Tommy had does so what Daniel Moscow is now doing trying to take some of these pitches and make them a little bit better we're seeing that with Daniel Norris in implementing that sweeping slider for Newcomb he already has the stuff so if we throw up uh, perfect so if we throw up this spin axis graph and you're looking at this on YouTube or watching live on Twitter if you're just listening to the feed you can go see this But what you're looking at here is a clock with each pitch at a certain time colored. So those big bars at noon are fastballs and you're looking at a huge bar around noon, which is the spin axis, which is showing that Newcomb's fastball has some natural carry on it. And if we look at the expected vertical drop on that pitch, it's better than league average. Now, if you go to around five to six o'clock, you're looking at a curveball. And that curveball, Corey, has an insane amount of movement. So he has uh, 61 inches of vertical drop. And that is well above league average. And this type of signature, this fastball around noon, curveball around six o'clock, very reminiscent of, of what Rowan Wick does. And Rowan Wick, started using that spike curveball a few years ago and he saw the results from it so with newcom the stuff is already there but for some reason the command has been really really poor and i don't know why that's the case obviously that's going to be a point of emphasis for this Cubs uh, pitching infrastructure to improve that way you can actually get the most out of those types of pitches but in general You know, you give up Jesse Chavez, who's older, who is uh, unpredictable as a result of his age. And you're seeing some potential in Sean Newcomb, who's not going to be a free agent until 2026. And if it doesn't work out and you can't get his command together, you know, it's okay. It's kind of sucks because we want to get more uh, stable relievers. But you do see the potential there. And he was a former starter. He might be able to go multiple innings. He has dealt with a few minor injuries here in the past. But the stuff is there, six foot five. You saw the curveball spin rate. You saw this curveball spin access. Cur- the spin rate, it just in general, is in the, the 90th percentile. So he has everything that makes sense from a pitch peripheral standpoint. Now it's just trying to make the most of it, and the Cubs have had success doing that in the past few years.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I like I, look, I, I Jesse Chavez in his first run with the Cubs was great. He was one of the most important relievers, uh, you know, on on the, on that team uh but he yeah. was not good in spring training and he got better results in this series against the rays but still it's rockets off the bat every time he doesn't appear to be right. fooling anybody so yeah like the risk is pretty low you get a 28 year old former first round pick he was taken 15th overall uh in the mlb draft and you hope it changes scenery and yeah, like Brendan is saying, you get him in the lab with these guys who have kind of proven to be able to tinker a little bit, um, seems like a pretty low stakes. I mean, you may not
2: even have to tinker with them though. Like this stuff is already there. We've seen pitchers in the past tinker with their pitches to improve that spin rate or that movement. It's already there for Newcomb. So the tinkering might be in the form of how do you sequence better? How do you get the most out of his command? That's where the changes might end up being useful for him. And again, if it doesn't work out, you know, Chavez velocity was down a mile and a half. Again, he's older. As you pointed out, Corey, rockets off the bat in the first few appearances. So the risk is relatively mild. It's like there's basically no risk here. There's only reward. And I think I think it's it's interesting, nonetheless, it's still interesting.
1: Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll see. It's always interesting to have breaking news uh, on the on the podcast. This this wouldn't have been like emergency podcast worthy, but it is always interesting. To, what uh, I would have done an emerging, uh, emergency on podcast. Sean Newcomb. Oh yeah, man. okay, absolutely. In the, yeah, yeah, in the middle of a Bulls playoff game, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah. want to talk about some of the good stuff that we've seen in this series, and I actually think uh, we've got a. Comment from Rocklos. I, I, I'm. I hope I'm saying that correctly in the YouTube comments. We might as well start there. David Robertson has been really good for this team, um, and we've talked about him and Gibbons and the role that these two might have. But David Robertson has four saves on the young season, and he. You know, we we talked a lot. Um, you know, between you and I, and also with uh, Cody and Luke and Ryan about trusting the cubs and their ability to put a bullpen together now it's not always going to work Jesse Chavez obviously didn't work and they shipped him out Chris Martin has struggled a little bit so some sometimes it doesn't always start perfectly but you have to be pretty thrilled with what you're seeing from David Robertson in a guy who has closer experience and who dealt with some injuries but looks healthy and is getting really nice results Brendan
2: yeah I mean absolutely so uh common as you guys see there can we talk about Robertson's cutter so we're going to do this live uh if we go to baseball Savant like the first thing I do when I look at these pitches is just look at the amount of movement that the pitch generates so you know to the to Rockwell's point about the cutter uh the movement this year is around eight inches of vertical movement which is 40 percent better than your league average the amount of horizontal movement is actually below league average by about twofold, uh, interestingly, but it's being thrown at 93 miles per hour. and So it's not going to be as tight of a, uh, a horizontal moving type pitch. But, it, I mean, it's had success in years past. Uh, now, interestingly, the amount of movement that's being generated by that pitch is a little bit unexpected. So it starts off being thrown around 130, know if you envision this clock and then for some reason it does kind of deviate back to around noon so it's just it looks out of the hand kind of like a, a a deceiving pitch and it looks as if it might move horizontally more than you expect but it kind of just stays there at around 93 miles per hour and which is probably why it's having success and probably why it had success when he was younger
1: yeah, but I you know again, it's uh, we we trust the Cubs to put together bullpens like this for a reason, and this appears to be, you know, look, it's early. Uh, but the results have been really good. And I think it's it's really important, you know, given the re- how this staff is composed, and especially when you have starters uh, not really going deep into games yet, it's important for David Ross to have some of these guys where he can kind of lock them into roles and be really confident in the way that he's going to use them. And David Robertson has certainly provided that. Uh, Another guy we talked about, and I know Cody and Luke talked about it on Monday uh, after the outing, and and you and I talked about it after he piggybacked Steele in Colorado, I think. But this is such a good role for Keegan Thompson. Yeah, man. And it's really exciting to watch. I I think I've said on here before that I know like he's one of those guys along with Alec Mills who likely wants to be a starter. And maybe the Cubs decide to explore that again. He's certainly pitching in a manner that, you know, if that's the opportunity he wants, I think he's showing you that, you know, maybe you, you let him try that, but this role, as we saw in the world series last year with Atlanta and Houston, speaking of Jesse Chavez opening games, it's so important to have these guys who can come in and not just give you one inning of solid work but can really bridge that gap to your higher leverage relievers and Thompson just looks so good. I mean, he was dominant on Monday night against this Rays offense. Yeah, he looks
2: really good. Not much has changed from last year. His cutter still moves well above league average horizontally. The velocity still within his typical range. The the curveball is off the charts similar to last year, just going down like a hammer. And you're seeing the command a little bit better this year. And the attitude he had last year um, is carrying over to this year with even more confidence, which I love seeing. So I like the role he's in right now as is, given those pitches that he throws, that, that cutter, that curveball. He does have a four seam around 93 to 96, can pump it up when the adrenaline is up but we've talked about this i like the role he's in because you can go multiple innings and having the ability to piggyback whether it be Justin Steele or let's say even Drew Smiley guys who can't really go at this point maybe beyond 5 or 6 innings it's it's incredibly valuable and maybe he can't get an opportunity to start later in the year but at least just from you know my opinion the types of pitches he throws right now are best served only facing the lineup once or twice. Uh, he doesn't have a, a quality pitch at this point that moves the opposite direction of his cutter and his curveball. And a lot of pitchers who are able to go through the order multiple times can change up those angles a little bit more often than someone like um, Keegan Thompson. And, and Justin Steele, to be fair, kind of has the same problem, but he is more confident throwing that change up at times. And he does have a sinker that he did, especially towards the end of last year, showcase as his dominant pitch, which is, of course, going to move the opposite way. So that's the difference between the two as it stands now. I mean, Keegan Thompson has been amazing, but that role he's in, I think, is perfect at this point.
1: Yeah, and Niran in, in the YouTube comments makes a point about, you know, this is kind of what a new age pitching staff looks like, you know, potentially Steele, Thompson, Alzalai, maybe all occupying roles like this in the future. Yeah. And it, it really is the way that baseball seems to be going, right? The amount of data that these teams have has made it seemingly much harder to have guys that can go through a lineup three or four times, pitch into that seventh, eighth, or ninth inning, right? You just see it less... There's guys you seem to be relying on to do that less. And even you look at this Cubs rotation, like we know that historically at times Hendricks has struggled when you get to the third or fourth time through an order. We, you know, Drew Smiley, is that a guy who you can really maximize two times through the order, you know, be that three, four, five innings, whatever it is. And then you want to bring in a different look because you don't expect those guys to continue to be able to mow down these hitters as they see them the third or fourth time, obviously you would love for your guys to be uh, able to go deeper into games and stuff like that. But I think this is where the game of baseball seems to be headed and to have these guys you can rely on to come out. And like you're saying, Brennan, their stuff plays up when it's one or two times through the order. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not a knock on Keegan Thompson. This is a very valuable role. And when you watch the playoffs, right. Right a lot of playoff games are short starts for just this reason. Now, over the course of a long season, especially when you're playing a team like the Rays, you know, uh, who you don't see that often, they maybe aren't going to be as dialed in on your pitchers, right? But in the playoffs, you're honed in. You spend all that time looking at the data. You need to be able to bring in guys earlier in games and sub guys out. So I think the fact that the Cubs are trying Thompson in this role, he's succeeding and you might have other guys who succeed in this, I think it's really important going
0: forward.
2: It so, is. Okay. A break from our sponsor, Corey. You know this. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsPit app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email points at all and we will help you out. Remember that points bet is your home for live in game betting. They even have a new exclusive feature live NBA same game parlay for the first time ever build a perfect live same game parlay only with points bet. combine your favorite bets. Anytime during the game, you can even boost your live same game parlays. And now online sign up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. Signing up with the Fastest Sportsbook is now easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. Use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Second sponsor here is from Strava Craft Coffee. Want to start your day with a competitive edge? Strava CBD coffee is a game changer and has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava uh, delivers delicious fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you out. You can feel alert and focused without the jitters. You can live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you can wake up feeling your best. The best part, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effect of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25%, 25% off their entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code CHGO25. At checkout, discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases, only one use per customer. Already love Strava? Subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. Strava, you're in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. That's like uh, reading, you know... In like second or third grade, you don't want to mess up in front of the class. That's what I felt like I
3: was doing right now. So I think I did pretty good there, Corey. The live stuff is hard.
1: Yeah.
2: It's hard.
3: Hey Brendan, it's Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, you did a great job. And I just want to just I just want to hop in on your points bet Reed. Yeah. One of the best parts about points bet is that you could do live in-game betting, like you mentioned. The Bulls are currently up six in Milwaukee. Now, if you're like me, you'd you'd say, Well, maybe I think the Bucks are gonna win this game. I know I'm wearing a bulls hat and I know I want the bulls to win, but let's be realistic. This might be tough. You could get the Bucks right now, minus four and a half, you know, at the spread. And minus four and a half, that's a pretty good number. I don't know, not a bad option. Or if you're feeling uh just like the money line, minus two hundred, that's way better than the minus six hundred that it was earlier. So just gonna throw it in there. And guess what, guys? We have a special guest. I'm gonna hop out of the way, Ryan Herrera. Is Ryan, you I'm awesome. we've, we've got
1: Ryan here from beautiful historic Field. Him. Can you hear us, Ryan? Hello, hello.
0: Yeah, I got you guys. You hear me, Ryan? Are yes. you
2: are you dry? Is it pouring out there or what?
0: Uh, I, I mean, I, it, it's hard with the press box window sometimes. You can't like even see <laughs> looking on the field, you can't see. So, yeah. I think it's still raining out there. It was definitely raining enough that they called the game, obviously. Um, I wish it would have gotten called earlier, but. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. i was gonna Ooh. say for yeah. you i i i've spent many
1: a night at the ballpark uh <laughs> not interviewing the players but uh I, I think you're probably taking you know a pre 9 30 cancellation because i i was i was half expecting them to try to get back out there we play in the mud for an hour and they drag this on until midnight or something
0: oh yeah i mean we i mean i i think some people were you know Hoping or expecting a just cancellation in general earlier in the day, um the start up or moving the game time start up made a lot of sense because the Rays don't come back to Chicago, and they definitely don't want to come back to Chicago for like one game. um But yeah, I mean, just I guess calling it early helped out a little bit, but it's still almost ten o'clock. <laughs> we're not we're not out of here yet. So, well, so. Uh,
1: we, we will try not to keep you forever, but, uh, we, you know, we, we haven't talked about Marcus Stroman yet, so I'm sure you were just down there and and talking to Ross and I, and I know Stroman was speaking to the media as well. Um, obviously not the start he was hoping for the conditions, no good, you know, so that's not going to help, but, but did Marcus offer, uh, anything up about
0: this start tonight? Yeah. And you kind of saw last start too, just, he was a little, like, I think, I think his start, like kind Of later in the game is when he started to, um, in Colorado is when he started to kind of find that struggle. This time, it's like he kind of started, he felt off, and maybe got a little better as as he was getting going. But he was just saying that you know, right now, he just like the, the mechanics is just not there yet. Um, that he's you get again, you see in the last couple of starts that he said he like, he'll feel good for a couple of pitches and then he'll feel off, and then like he'll feel good for a batter or two, and then like feel off. Like he said, this is not it's, it's not synonymous is not mechanically he's just not consistent um yeah so he's like, i you know i got to go back you know go go look in a mirror do some dry stuff just kind of see what's going on maybe watch some video and see what, what what's going on because he said he can't he's trying to make the adjustments out there um and it's just still just not working And you can kind of see um he's again started. you know, got a little better after that first inning i think it was 32 pitches to start um but yeah oh man is there a is there a car chase outside of someone's window right now uh, I, yeah, I, that would
3: help.
0: I, be, that I would think me. coming for
3: you. Uh, <laughs> I thought they were coming for Ryan, telling to get uh, out of I was going to say yeah, Ryan
1: and I are pretty close, even if we're not in the same building. So I'm thinking that that's the streets of Los Angeles getting uh, that. Um, no, well, yeah, but he, uh, oh,
0: sorry. Yeah. Well, I was, gonna I was say, just going to say.
1: So you know, I, I think you don't get any sense of concern or anything like that from Stroman. Just stuff he's got to iron out and long season here.
0: Yeah, I mean, and then he won't say like oh the shortened spring or any of that stuff kind of mess with him but it it could have and maybe just not having all the reps needed through a spring like i know he he's kind of says at the beginning like i'm ready to go i'm ready to start the season i feel like i'm ready to start the season Um, but it's maybe not having all the reps in spring maybe that affected me you know that affected him because obviously i think right now would be like in a regular spring would be the last week of spring training um so maybe just the repetitions he doesn't have all of them yet he's still just kind of getting there um, yeah, he won't. He won't use that as an excuse. Obviously, he's you know he says he takes accountability for it. So that was, you know, just two bad starts. He's gonna go back in there. Um, you know, kind of try to figure out what's going wrong with him mechanically. Try to shore that up. And then he said, you know, again, two bad starts, but he expects to be better. You know, a lot better going forward. So, um yeah, again, he's not making excuses. He knows he's had two bad starts in a row, and he's just gotta. Figure out what's wrong. Yeah. No, nothing of yeah. concern, just mechanics, like just trying to figure out uh, what's wrong, what's going wrong with him when he's out there. Cause he said um, his midweek bullpen looked great. Everyone looking, like, you know, everything was good. And he felt good. And then he got out there today. And I mean, there could be outside factors, you know, weather maybe, you know, weather was obviously terrible today. That could have affected something. But um, yeah, he yeah. just said two bad starts. So I'm going to go back in there, look at the video, figure out what's going wrong and, and get better from here. So yeah, yeah. I, think I- for that.
2: His star was interesting because as you're looking at how the game's developing you can kind of tell by the second inning the slider was more or less scrapped he only threw nine sliders tonight and then he started using more splitters as the game progressed and started getting more whiffs as a result and he actually led all of his pitches Mm -hmm. with a splitter so he threw the majority of his five pitches were, were, were splitters followed by sinker so in the first couple of starts it was a little bit of a different type of repertoire so i just wonder if he didn't have the feel for the slider and the ones that were thrown were just basically thrown center in and you know he didn't have his pitch he didn't have his uh the ability to go cross angle with the slider tonight and it happens i mean it's like what is it 30 40 50 degrees out there in chicago i don't know how you guys Mm -hmm. deal with that like i can't even walk outside in that weather let alone throw a baseball especially when it's wet and then he just went to death It is nice. And then he was just in Denver, you know, last week. The altitude up there is like the moon. So you have these two types of extremes where you're trying to judge a new pitcher and doing so in a shortened spring training when they're trying to get ramped up. And he's a veteran. And we've seen guys in the past, it does take time to get in rhythm. Marcus is saying, Hey, I need to get into rhythm. And his pitch peripherals all look within line of its career range. So the fact that there's no extremes and his peripherals look good, you know, you can put weight on these first three starts if you want, but does that make sense? Is that more predictable than the other stuff? I don't, I don't think it is.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And I know we, we kind of look at it in the sinker, he's trying to establish that and a lot of the misses, you know, a lot of lefties in the lineup too. So maybe he's trying to you know, take that away and then just kind of missing it arm side. Uh, when you look at like, the you know, the, his illustrator on baseball someone or whatever you you may be able to get a little better you're our pitch doctor but um yeah even like ross was saying like a lot of the misses that he saw uh were kind of going arm side to the lefties which yeah you know yeah you look at this you look at the 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 pitch chart and that's that's what it tells right um so again yeah just he's he says he's gonna go back in and watch the video he's gonna do all this stuff and try to figure out what it is maybe you know maybe I, I don't know. I'm not Marcus Stroman. I'm not Tommy Harvey. I don't have a video in front of me, so I can't tell you exactly what it is, but it's just, you know, something that he's, you know, not, he he's not concerned about. He knows it's just something that he has, he's got to figure out and, he you know, believes he'll do that, which for the Cubs would obviously be a good thing uh, if he does.
1: Yeah, so I, I kind of a, a piggyback. We we have a comment from Stan about VR at third tonight. Obviously, it was a messy game. The Cubs make three errors in this one, a couple of balls that got by VR at third. I'm curious if if Ross has talked at all, Ryan, about I, I don't I don't want to say the team has been sloppy on the whole, but their their base running numbers are lower than we've seen in years past. I think they're rating negatively if you use like some of the fan graphs, like base running metrics out on the bases three errors tonight um have they talked about that at all like stuff that they want to clean up or or any because i feel like it's it's a little uncharacteristic of some teams that we've seen you know the the cubs in the past obviously it's a new group but some of it just feels a little uncharacteristic
0: yeah uh, i mean he's talking about it a little bit and i know actually today gordon Wittenmeyer put out something over at nbc sports chicago Talking about, like, the I think the Cubs had only made one error going into today, which is like low among a lot of the team or most of Major League Baseball. And then I was, you know, they go three errors today, two throwing errors from Jan, which one of them could have been, you know, maybe a. Uh, I think it, they, were they were probably kind of, both on VR, but yeah. They were counted kind as of two throwing errors to Jan Gomes, and then VR had a throwing error, error over to first. And as far as base running stuff, I know one thing that comes to mind was like, uh, say uh, I think it was in Colorado when he got thrown out like caught, I think it was, a, it was a black man out in right field called the ball and Sayers kind of got crossed up on the base pass and got thrown out at first the double play. Um, you know not, not you know, it, it, he hasn't talked about it too much, not that he, again, the error numbers maybe kind of hid that, I guess they had the one error coming into today. Uh, I'm sure we could dig into that a little bit more with him. Um, no he hasn't he hasn't discussed it as far as like it's just something that you know they need to talk about especially with again that one with say uh just something they need to talk about again he's getting he's getting adjusted to things um yeah i mean it's, yeah it's not anything that he's too concerned about as far as like it's not being brought up too much it's clearly that the, the the defensive as if you look at air as the be all and all of defense which isn't probably the correct way to do it but that wasn't too high or anything um yeah I, I, it's 11 games into the season uh if trends like that continue i'm sure that's gonna yeah, we'll have to get addressed uh, more as the season goes along so um, that's maybe next week we'll have a better answer
2: for you yeah ryan do you get not to put words in your mouth but do you get a sense of urgency when you listen to david ross with some of the decisions he's made he's been a little aggressive for example pinch hitting for jason hayward in the second game Uh, I know that center field position, he put Patrick Wisdom out there when he did pinch hit with Jason Hayward, and we've seen in the first game, you know, four guys were used in that seventh lineup spot, which is where center field was, you know, pinch hitting Clint Frazier, then he substituted Ortega out there. So from, you know, my perspective, that looks pretty urgent, and I'm wondering if there's any type of whether it be explicit words or just feel on your end, if that's something that's really emphasized by the coaching staff
0: is having that flexibility especially in center
2: field and
0: that urgency early on well yeah definitely the, the flexibility ross has talked about it consistently the guys being able to be flexible and, and have be versatile um, like you mentioned the wisdom going out to center field and stuff like that um, i know yesterday the the, the opener that raised throwing an opener at the cuz was a unique situation and so he let you know, he let Jason Hayward take that first at bat. And then he saw matches that he liked with Patrick Wisdom um, and some bench hit. And obviously it worked out. Um, and then we kind of asked him, like, you know, Patrick Wisdom in center field. He had one game in AAA at center field in the past. So it's not like it's his natural position. Um, but he said, you know, he talked to Willie Harris. Willie Harris was confident in wisdom, out, uh, in wisdom in the outfield. Wisdom was confident that he could play if that's where they wanted to put him. Uh, So Ross let him go out there and didn't make any errors or anything. So um, he's like, yeah, he's like, when when we do stuff like that, Ross said that this morning, like when you do stuff like that, are you going to get the elite defense? Um, You're going to get the elite defense that some other players can get, you know, but um, you're going to get, you know, he's able to keep Patrick wisdom in the lineup that way without moving, having too many moving parts. Um, But as far as versatility, like, you know, we talked again. We talked about Jonathan Villar, didn't have his best day in the field today. Um, but him being able to move from third to shortstop to second, you know, that especially early in the season when guys are still getting their legs under of them, um, that allows him to give Neagle Horner a day, that allows him to give Nick Madrigal a day, that allows him to give Patrick Wisdom a day. And that's what he really likes. Um, and then the outfield spot again, Jason Hayward, Rafael Ortega, Michael Hermosillo, those guys. Move around the outfield a ton, and obviously Hermosillo brings a righty bat, whereas Ortega and Hayward are lefty. Um, Clint Frazier being able to play out in left field, um, because I think half that was DH today, yeah. Um, so that allows half to get a day where he just has the bat. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would say, like, I think he said urgency earlier in the day, or not no. earlier in the day, earlier, like that was early in the question. Um, you said urgency? I don't. I don't know if that's like the word I would use. It's just like, okay. yeah, yeah, David Ross really values versatile players, and you see that a lot with a lot of the guys on the team that can play a lot of a lot of positions. Um, and so that when you see stuff like Patrick Bism going out to center field, VR moving all around the infield, Ortega, hey, we're using four guys at the seven and center field. That's just him, you know. Again, one making sure that guys are you know he's not overworking everyone and getting guys that the reps that they need to kind of get into the season and to um just really testing out and and seeing what he's got in a lot of these guys that he wants to be that he knows are versatile players but seeing how well they can do when they they kind of put him in that situation
1: well so uh one follow-up on that ryan and then we can uh let you get out of here and, and head home uh not too late here but um, do you get the sense, I mean, obviously a lot of the players, you kind of expect them to be bought in on something like that. But I was curious, like, obviously, you know, you and I have talked with, with Cody and Luke a lot, you know, I'm down for him to pinch it for Hayward in the fourth inning for wisdom to come in and hit a tank, right? Like okay. sign yes. me up for that. But do you, do you get the sense that like players, even like Hayward are, are bought in because they kind of just understand that that's how this roster is constructed. Like, obviously I'm into it. But, you know, you do watch that and you kind of wonder from afar, like, man, like Hayward's a, a veteran. Like he drew a start, probably hoping to play more than three innings. Like this is pretty aggressive from David Ross to say, hey, this is a better matchup. This is a, a big moment in this game and we're going to go for it. Like, sorry, dude.
0: Yeah. And we, I mean we Ross addressed that this morning, actually, where he's like, you know, he was a player and he's, he, he's like, I got pinch hit for a lot when I was playing whether it was like, there was a closer in the game and they needed a better bat in or whatever. So he got pinch hit for a lot. He's like, so, so in that way I can relate to Jason Hayward. So when I, you know, as, as a former player and now as the manager, I try to relate to what, you know, he's like, I know it sucks. And I tell him that it sucks, but that's, you know, we gave him the one, we gave him the one at bat against the lefty. He got out. Now we, we like the matchup with wisdom in there. So we're going to throw him in. And um, you know that's what Ross is like. He'll just be you know transparent about that. Be upfront and try to relate to the player because everyone knows that it sucks. No one wants to get pinch hit for. But at the same time, he said that it kind of goes to and this what anyone will tell you this on the Cubs, but it goes to the leadership and the professionalism that Jason Hayward kind of displays on that team, uh, where he you, know, you saw it already with him moving. To the center field gracefully, like, you know, no issue moving to center field. So say a Suzuki can play right field, regardless of the amount of Gold gloves that Jason Hayward has, he moved to center field without an issue. Um, so it just, and then, yeah. And then getting taken out in the fourth inning or whatever it is after one at bat um, for Patrick wisdom. And then <laughs> he's not even playing, he's not a center fielder or even an outfielder really. Um, but yeah, so he's like, it just plays with that professionalism that Jason Hayward has and, um, and Ross is like, yeah, he's in there. You know, he's he, he's still cheering for the team. Patrick wasn't hit that home run, and he's high fiving him. Um, you know, I think Jason Hayward understands, and I think we've seen it. Regardless of, I know Corey again. I know Corey's feelings on on Jason Hayward batting, um, but you see just the way he kind of has taken over this locker room as a leader, and a lot of the players look up to him, and so he's setting that example for a lot of these guys. Like, hey, I'm a World Series champion. a however many times all-star 13 year veteran and Ross takes me out in the fourth inning. I'm okay with it as long as we win. Right. Um, so that's just Ben Hayward. And you can just tell um, that the the rest of the players on the team, the coaches, they all value that. Um, and so when you see a guy like with Hayward's pedigree, being willing to move to the center field, being willing to get pinch hit for in the fourth inning, being willing to cheer on the team the rest of the time after getting pinch hit for um, it, just, it it does set that good example for the rest of the team. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's what Ross said. Again, he's like, I know it sucks to pinch to get pinch hit for because it's happened to me a lot, but it also just shows just how much a professional and how much Hayward cares about the team. You know, whatever's best for the team, um, just on any given on any given night.
1: Yeah. Well, Hey, I mean, good to hear it. I mean, I, yeah, I was curious just because we knew that this roster construction was kind of going to lend itself to that. If Ross was going to really maximize this roster, you probably have to be aggressive with a lot of the matchups, a lot of guys who probably shouldn't be out there for every type of pitcher or every hand in his stuff like that. So yeah, I was just curious about that, but yeah, that's uh that's some good insight that he's spoken about that. And you know, everybody seems to be on board with that. Um, but yeah, I, we, we can, uh, we'll, we'll let you go, Ryan. We appreciate the, the insights live from Wrigley field and, uh, hopefully you can get home not too late here.
0: Oh, well, yeah. Hopefully like at that 10 45, 11 PM central time, uh, we'll, we'll be done, but yeah, thanks for having me on guys. Take care. I can't wait to listen to the show. Of course,
1: and you can catch all of Ryan's writing at allchgo.com. Make sure you sign up to become a member to read all of his good stuff.
2: Okay, so uh, if you're wanting to make some potential money, the Bulls are up 14 right now at halftime. So they're up 63 to 49. The live spread is Milwaukee plus five, and, you know, If you want to make some money, maybe that's the way to do it. I actually made some money on the, on the Cubs win against Tampa Bay. I bet the under on eight runs. Uh, I was watching the first three innings, four innings. I'm like, you know what? It's cold. Bats are not going to get warmed up. And I, you know, I want some money. I usually don't win much money with any baseball because I get too uh, emotional with some of my bets. I'm like, oh yeah, Justin Steele's going to throw a perfect game today and he doesn't do that. So,
1: you know, that's, that's my problem with this. That's why I was curious where you were going with saying you bet on, on the Cubs, but, uh, yeah, I you know as I've mentioned before, I'm not the biggest gambler, but I, I did sign up with PointsBet because of course we are uh, sponsored by them, and I I can tie this into the Cubs real easy. If you want my pick of the week, Zach Davies pitches for the Diamondbacks tomorrow, so if the Nationals are at home. Go with the Nationals. Zach yeah. Davies 0 and 1 with a 5.8 ERA on the year. We know him well. Uh, That's maybe. Time maybe on this podcast, Corey. Maybe. His name. Well, I'm trying Sorry. to make people money.
2: I understand, but like you're you're making me upset. I'm talking like, about
1: him in a derogatory way. I think that's funny.
2: I don't even want to hear his name. I don't even want to think about him. Even well, in a derogatory
1: that's, way that's my pick of the week if you wanna you know you, you can you know sort of get out some of that uh, you know negative energy you had for him last year by watching him lose to the Nationals on uh, Thursday. So I think that's that's the way to go. And, of course, remember, uh, two risk-free bets up to $2,000 when you sign up at PointsBet with code CHGO. If you're watching on YouTube, it is right there in the corner so,
2: I mean, some, so hold on before you go on someone's like mentioning former second baseman for this team that we just cannot we cannot be bringing up these names and guys.
1: carlos i think is a longtime listener so i think he he knows better than to uh <laughs> use that name lawrence, yeah what are you doing here no Don't lawrence be- is gonna get yelled at for putting that oh, up lawrence there. lawrence
2: <laughs> I'll have, to, I'll have to catch hey, you at the speed if you're listening if, if you you're know listening
1: if you're listening I'll- on the audio feed, you guys know the second baseman's name that's coming up. We're not going to say yeah. it though, but if you're watching on YouTube. We're not it saying it,
3: you know, it's on the screen, but we're not saying it. I'm allowed to put that on there. You, you know, can't
1: bet against him. So we're going to stick to betting against Zach Davies <laughs> when you go to points bet. But um, Brendan, I, I want to go back to, just to wrap up, I, I want to talk about um, Kyle Hendricks. And if you have any, I, I you know, you, we touched on Strowman with, with Ryan a little bit, but I want to talk quickly about, uh, Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel continuing to have a good, uh, you know, stretch here, and it's interesting for uh, as as bad as the numbers looked, especially for Patrick in those first few series, uh, he's now sitting. And again, it's still too early for any of this, but he's sitting with a 136 WRC plus. All of a sudden, he is well below, but above league average in terms of his offensive production. When we spoke i think two series ago it was a negative number so that's how quickly this stuff can turn and especially when you come in and hit two home runs in a series right and you have the series that he did in colorado things can turn around really quickly and a similar story for frank who had a really nice series he had a double in the game uh on wednesday before it got called with an rbi uh 112 wrc plus so a little bit above league average there and again both of them you know we we talked about them a few series ago like not to be concerned but just you're you're watching their performance obviously right and just like that you know things turn around and and you would take the the production that they're producing that line you would take from each of them going forward on the season here
2: yeah one thing with Patrick is I'm still monitoring that contact rate because as we've talked about last year that contact rate was in the bottom second percentile of the league at 60 percent. So right now, almost 72% we're approaching 50 plate appearances. If you talk to some, you know, baseball stat people, they do say when you get to around 50 plate appearances, you know, the reliability starts to improve and the ability to interpret that particular sample as mostly attributable to the player himself rather than noise um, is, is appropriate. But... Still a lot more baseball less still more at-bats, still more changes he's going to make. But I do think at this point, you know, forget the stability numbers and those thresholds and all those numbers. You can just look at the at-bats, and he does look different. And the ability and the intent for him to make more contact, at least on, on my end as I watch these games, it, it's, it's, it's obvious. And when you match that with what he's been saying he wants to do, which is to adjust and make more contact – it's, it's lining up. So, I do feel comfortable at this point saying that he has made a change that is translating to more contact. It's just a matter of that type of change in approach will still be conducive to hitting for power and base hits. We've seen in years past so many different Cubs players, especially part of that last core, go through changes and stretches that led to more contact but didn't lead to better run production. And as an example, we can look at Kyle Schwarber, who made a lot more contact, but the overall run production didn't come to fruition with the Cubs. Now he's with a different team. Of course, he's having more success. So just because he makes more contact, it does not mean it's a good thing for some guys. But at least right now, monitoring Patrick's contact rate, seeing the power start to show up, it's pretty encouraging. And it's still early.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, one thing that Luke and, and Cody and I talked about uh, after the first game in that Rocky series on, on the post game was that, you know, it's still early for these guys, even now that their numbers look good. But the whole point of this season was to give them a shot and see what you had. You, you unearthed some pretty interesting stuff. Frank had an incredible finish to the season last year. Patrick set your franchise rookie home run record. And you didn't go out and sign major replacements that you need to give playing time to. You don't have those young guys ready at those positions. So the the patience was warranted. Like, see what you have. And, like, that's still true even now that the numbers look better. Like, the whole point was to give this time and see if, hey, you know, we, we found ourselves a, a Max Muncie or something like that. Like, where we brought in a guy who hadn't caught on anywhere else. And we figured something out here. So you still have to give it that time. And I'm glad that Patrick was so quickly able to kind of quell some of that. Like, you know, yeah, like Justin Turner, another another example. Like late bloomers, you figure something out. And I'm glad that Patrick was able to turn things around quickly because some of the online discussion about him, like, the, you know, some concerns are warranted. But some of it, you know, people ready to give up on him after six games or nine games. It's like, nah, this is a little
2: early. crazy. It's too early. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's with Justin Turner 2.0. Th- this is no, you know, disrespect to wisdom. It's just more so pointing out how good Turner is. That Tur- would be Turner. a wonderful outcome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're getting like a, you know, a long-term all-star if that's the case. With Turner, the underlying traits were there. He makes, he's like, his numbers look like Ben Zobris in terms of play discipline. So he makes contact around 85% of the time. His chase rate is always well above league average. Patrick is below league average in both those categories. So those two traits tend to be most predictive of offensive success. Um, Until Patrick kind of makes those strides, which he's doing right now, while maintaining the power, it's really, really ambitious to say he could be, you know, a breakout-esque player in the same tier as Justin Turner. Because as we know, those types of players don't really exist there's a reason why justin turner is always mentioned in the same breath as like you know jose bautista or even like a little bit later like josh donaldson those types of players typically don't uh, adjust well after um, coming through the league and, and struggling
1: yeah, and you know, but again, you know, like if you found in Patrick someone who can mash to the level that he can and we saw it in this series against the Rays, that's pretty valuable. And and with the aggressiveness that you're seeing from Ross to go back to that pinch hit, I love that from David Ross. I love it, right? There's some stuff that I haven't loved from David Ross, there's stuff that I love and I love that. And it has nothing to do with Hayward. It has to do with This roster was built, as we were talking about uh, before we let Ryan go, with a lot of guys that just shouldn't be out there, 162 games, nine innings a game, no matter who they're facing, right? In years past, we've gotten used to Cubs teams that were built that way. You pencil in seven guys, eight guys on a given day, and you just let it ride for 160 games. It's pretty easy, right? Like, Bryant's your third baseman, Baez is at short, Zobris is at second, Ritt. It's easy. This is not that group. And the way for them to be successful requires David Ross to be aggressive like that and not let guys play just because they started. The Rays are throwing all sorts of pitchers at you. It's the way you have to manage this. So I was really happy to see that. And good for Patrick and good for David Ross that it worked out. They deserved that outcome. Like that was a good, aggressive, let's win this game now or get back in the game type moment. And it worked out for them and they, and they deserve that. It's good when the process yields good results, good process, good results. Right?
2: Yeah. Well, and in the process too, it's pretty obvious what they're trying to do. And they're trying to maximize the hitting matchups with the pitchers as best as possible. So if we just go to the number of at bats, each one of these hitters have received it's pretty equally distributed, uh, relatively speaking. So you have, you know, saya and Wilson and and Hap all around forty plate appearances. But then even VR has thirty plate appearances. This is before the numbers are updated after the last game, by the way. Uh, but VR has thirty plate appearances. Um, you know, Frazier has twenty five. Ortega has almost thirty plate appearances. Hayward is actually a little bit lower on the list, surprisingly. He has twenty one plate appearances. Uh, Hayward has fewer plate appearances than Clint Frazier, for example, but of course, was starting the majority of games. So you do see the intent, at least, and just looking and trying to scale up how many plate appearances these guys will get over the course of a 162-game year, it is starting to shape out to look very Giants-esque in terms of splitting apart your entire roster and giving equal plate appearances. Ross is clearly trying to do that. Will it work? We'll find out. But I I do like the
1: intent at this point. So uh, a couple guys on offense, and then just any thoughts you have on Hendricks, and then we'll sign off here. Yep. Um, but I do want to give due credit to uh, Ian Happ, one for three on Wednesday. You know, before the game got called, one thirty-two WRC plus on the season for him, and he's also having more success than we've seen. Uh, hitting from the right side, and if you look at the numbers, uh, you know that carried over from last year. Like he's in a really good stretch, and you know he he maybe gets I don't want to say forgotten, but maybe lost in the shuffle a little bit uh, because of the struggles he had at the beginning of the year. But we've talked about him as well. Like he's a first round pick. He's in his mid twenties. Like him looking more like this player and the guy we saw in the second half, that's a big deal for the Chicago Cubs. And Marquis had a good graphic that they put up uh, on the screen tonight. The OPS leaders in all of Major League Baseball since August 17th of last year uh, with a minimum of 200 plate appearances, one through four is Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, Jose Ramirez, and Paul Goldschmidt. Number five in all of baseball is Ian Happ with a 1024 OPS. That's Yeah, it's over 200 plate appearances. Like, it's early in the year here. But if he can carry that over and be, I mean, over a 1,000 OPS would be just wonderful. Uh, So I'm not expecting that. But if that's the type of player that the Cubs have, like, that's a big deal. And I want to make sure we give him proper credit for that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Hap turning into a sustainable hitter for this team changes a lot of the decisions they may end up making to fill that Hap role if you were not to succeed this year. So we talked with Michael Cerami about this during the season preview pod about a, a lot of these players determining Jed Hoyer's next route to competitiveness. And Hap being a sustainable hitter would be huge for this team. For for me, I still, I think for you too, Corey, you want to see Hap do this for a larger team yeah it. absolutely yeah so he has gone through,
1: throw out that first portion last year either
2: i mean you yeah. have to consider everything and you know you still have to consider the hot stretch during that second half but he has gone through these extremes both on the positive and on the negative end and what is the underlying problem with the negative extreme it's kind of hard to tell. And I don't think we're ever gonna truly know just from like a fan's perspective and the data that we do have. But the hitting coaches and those who have worked with HAP, they they may have an idea. And maybe those types of changes, although it's kind of hard to see, maybe those changes are being made and he can turn into a sustainable hitter. So with HAP, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, it was so frustrating watching some of those extreme stretches that I kind of just assumed and expected we'll, we'll get more extremes and that's still a possibility at this point but it is hard to ignore what he's doing Corey. just like he like he this has got to be like the third or fourth time now in his career where he looks so good at yeah. the plate and then for whatever reason something happens and it goes the complete opposite direction so i'm hoping that I'm i don't fall into mistakes. this
1: yeah, yeah yeah and uh again you know we would be remiss i'm wearing the shirt you know, um, I, there's not too much we can continue to say about Seiya Suzuki that we haven't already said. But I wanted to read your tweet from this morning, and it, it'll change a little I bit with a yes, read my yes, on a air. couple of at bats tonight, but it won't change much. Weighted on base average, say a Suzuki number one in baseball, uh, number one in expected weighted on base average. So if you look at those expected metrics, how the balls hit, launch angle, things like that, still number one. Chase rate the lowest in baseball. Walk rate the highest in baseball. uh, Batting average third in baseball. Like, you know, it's it's unbelievable. He is. He's also on the second longest uh, on base streak to start the Cubs career to start their career since 1906. Wilson Contreras had the longest one say as close on that. So we, again, we could spend all hour just gushing about him, but it's nothing we haven't said before. He's incredible. The play discipline is incredible. Um, any, anything on Kyle Hendricks real quick, we're, we're, we're at an hour here and then run through the, the probables for Pittsburgh here. Yeah, yeah. So
2: so, I mean, listen, same type of conversation that, we had with Stroman can be applied to Hendrix. Hendrix is getting whiffs on his changeup though. He got eight more whiffs on that changeup. In his first start uh, to open the season, he got 12 whiffs. He's getting more whiffs. The problem last year was that his whiff rate on the changeup was cut in half from his typical range. That changeup got got hammered. That was the issue. The velocity was normal. The The sinker, the sequencing was what you would expect from years past. But for some reason, that changeup just was not working. We have seen Kyle lead with changeups and throw that pitch the most of any of his other pitches and starts. In this one against the Rays, he threw the changeup uh, the third most behind his sinker and his forcing. So he threw a changeup only 20% of the time. So he did lead with a sinker and forcing. And I'm wondering if that's just because the hitters he faced they were unfamiliar to Kyle, so he was able to get away with throwing more fastballs. Um, you know, we'll we'll see the 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 reason for that, and that changeup usage does start to spike up here again. But I mean, it's
1: you know, you, not, you will tell everybody when it is ti- if, if if or when it is time to be concerned about either him or Marcus Stroman. But that yeah, time is not now. I will. Yeah, okay. I mean, there it's just not. It's April
2: twentieth. Yeah. It's four. It's four twenty. So and like, it was. We- 40 a degrees
1: for most of these starts yeah yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. so i mean it, it's crazy all right uh so previewing the series against the pittsburgh pirates so we have the first game of this four game set on thursday starting i hate these start times Corey. i know we mentioned it last time 6 40 p.m central just started at 7 5 again you're
1: killing the west They're coast trying to get here. folks like ryan home before four in the morning i i missed the first three innings of Every game, oh. is completely unacceptable,
2: Corey. gotta go, Yeah, that is a poor thing. So it's ridiculous. All right. So who's pitching this game? You have Leiter Jr. Uh, for the Cubs, and you have um, uh, Bry Wilson for the Pirates. And then on Friday, we have a, up. Oh, this one, your afternoon game. So your Friday afternoons are back at Wrigley. You have a uh, 1.20 p.m. start time. You have Smiley on the mound. Is, uh, we're facing Quintana again. So we have Q right back on the mound for the Pirates uh, right. at Wrigley. Field. You can already figure out how that one's going to turn out. Um, okay. And then where are we here? My phone is freezing up. Uh, So then on Saturday, we have another afternoon start time, 1.20pm. We have Kyle Hendricks back on the mound, hoping to rebound off of some of these starts that have some people concerned. We have Thompson on the mound for the Pirates, and then to finish off this four-game set... We have another 120 p.m. start time on Sunday. We have Brubaker on the mound for Pittsburgh. He's 0-2 with a 7.3 ERA. And then Justin Steele back out there for the Cubs, hoping to have some more success, rebounding at this little, little bit of a rough start here. Um, on the year, Steele is 1-1 with a 4.5 ERA. Specifically for Steele, and then I'll turn it over to you, Corey. Steele has had some good run prevention numbers in the first few starts. His first start fastball command gave him that success second start fastball command was not good slider was really good the most recent start didn't really have either so you're hoping for this one you tie in the fastball command you tie in that breaking stuff command and the results are better and maybe he can go into the sixth inning this time and give the bullpen a little bit more of a break
1: Yeah, I mean, so, you know, potentially a little bit of rain uh, in two of these games, so hopefully they can get them all in. But it's pretty simple for me. Like, you split that series in Pittsburgh, which is okay, but as we talked about a lot, you got to take advantage of playing the Pirates. This team has shown the ability to be competitive, have some fight, and at least in the early going here, you're hoping that they can continue that and and play for the division or a wild card spot, whatever. If you're going to do that, you have to beat the Pittsburgh Pirates. You've got them for four at home. The weather is finally supposed to a little bit of rain, but we're going to get into the sixties, the seventies, if you can believe it here in oh, Chicago, perfect. I you make got to beat the Pittsburgh pirates. It's it, it's, you can never ask them, you know, sweeping a team is tough. Everybody's a major league baseball team, right? But you have to win a series against the pirates if you expect to be competitive uh, in the long term here. So that's what we're looking for. Uh, so we will leave you with that a lot to talk about, even though we only had kind of two and a half games. Um, As always, uh, tomorrow, tune in for the pregame and your postgame with Luke, Cody, and I think Ryan will be joining them as well. So don't miss that. And don't forget uh, tonight, if you're listening to this on Wednesday Night Live, don't forget to tune in to the postgame show here on the YouTube uh, for the Bulls game with our guys Matt and Big Dave. Uh, however that plays out, they will be animated and excellent as always. So if you are a Bulls fan, tune into that. Don't forget to support all that we're doing at CHGO. You can become a member for the premium written content at allchgo.com. You get access to the members only discord, live shows, post game shows, podcasts, and great written content at allchgo.com. Lawrence was just joining us there on the YouTube with the Bulls hat, uh, Best of luck to all of you Bulls fans. I, I'm not really a basketball guy, I must admit, but I live in Chicago, so we always support Chicago. Uh, and come, come on,
3: Corey. See, see Red. Hey,
1: all right. Be good. Let's hey, let's go. You, you were telling forward. people to look at the Bucks, you know, second half, you know. So. I was just saying. I was just saying if you're <laughs> we're just a trying to make person. people money on points bet. You know
3: what yeah. I mean? Yeah. We're uh, like here. 14, five minutes to go in the third. It's looking good. I I don't know. I'm a little concerned. It's I, not that I'm not paying full attention to you guys, by the way. But it is. on there's a back play. On. There
1: is a Bulls playoff game. Yeah. We understand. We're talking yeah. about a rainout uh, for the Cubs in April. <laughs> but
3: we appreciate all of it's you joining us
1: on the YouTube. Right. And if you are listening to this on the podcast feed, as always, thank you for listening and go Cubs.